just because you can't walk into a, a box store anywhere and look at a tag very often that says made in America, right? So what challenges, was that something that you wanted to do from the, uh, uh, you know, the outset was like, we want to be, you know, American owned, American made, uh, yeah. um, and, and just kind of what's, what are the challenges presented with that in this global environment uh, that we have here? Yeah, so 100% from the beginning, we knew all of our socks are going to be made here in the US, um, no matter what, because it, from our perspective, it was going to be weird to put socks on the feet of our troops that were made somewhere else, when we have perfectly good factories and mills here that could do the same thing. And so that was number one, we were absolutely doing that. Challenge-wise, it is a higher cost of goods when you make here versus overseas. You can get it on the pennies on the dollar for what you pay here. Um, a lot of times that reflects in the quality when you're getting it so cheap, you're not getting as good quality. Um, but it was, I think for us, it's more to morally sustainable. Like we know that when we walk into our factories, we know the employees that work there on a first name basis. We know that they're making a living wage. We know that they are being treated well. And unfortunately you don't always have that when your products are being sourced overseas. Welcome to the Leading with Vulnerability podcast. I'm your host, Yuma Barnett, and today my guest is Elle Ruger. She is the founder of Soldier Socks, and I'm going to let her discuss and, and tell you what all that is. But it's a very unique uh, unique thing, to, to say the least. Elle doesn't have a service background, right? That's right. So uh, for her to fall into this, the Soldier Socks and, and giving back the way she does, and I can vouch for uh, the most important thing for a soldier is is his feet and if we can take care of our feet we're usually pretty happy and uh, that all starts with socks i know i've gone through many different formulas and uh, how i'm going to wear socks and what type of socks i'm going to wear and it's pretty cool that you just uh you've gone all in on that and uh and everything that you do with you with soldier socks so i won't monopolize the time here i'll, I'll pass it on to you and let you introduce yourself and uh, we'll get on with the conversation yeah, so my name is L, as you said, L Ruther, and I am the founder of Soldier Socks. We founded the company in 2017 officially, but it was an idea that kind of started in 2010 um, after we sent socks to a friend who was deployed to Afghanistan. I am a wife and a mom as well. I have a six-year-old son who started first grade this year and an amazing dog who you'll probably hear the background at some point during this podcast. <laughs> And yeah, I'm just kind of, I didn't really have a business background. So learning the entrepreneurial world as I went and it's been a pretty fun ride so far. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that, the, what it's mm -hmm. like to kind of w get on a treadmill while it's, while it's moving and try to figure it out as you go, which is I'm sure kind of what it is. And not yep. only that, you're doing it in a business space with uh, soldiers and stuff that you don't, you don't have a lot of familiarity with. So uh, uh, I'm really interested to hear kind of, uh, kind of your story with that. Uh, but we'll start off. I'm just curious what, uh, you know, leading with vulnerability podcast. I'm sure you've had a lot of vulnerable moments uh, as a mom, as a dog owner, as a uh, <laughs> on, on, entrepreneur. I'd, I'd like to know what your definition of vulnerability is. Vulnerability. I would say it's a feeling of being exposed and letting your true color show. Yeah, um, I think it's uh, that's simple and straight to the point. And I, I couldn't mm -hmm. agree, agree more. And but. What's what is Soldier Socks? What what's uh, what's the little bit of the story behind it? Uh, how did you get into it? What are some of the uh, 
what what inspired you to to start it and uh kind of where are you in your journey now yeah so we launched in, like i said in 2017 the idea started 2010 when we sent socks to our friend while he was deployed it was one of the top items on his list most requested items for care packages so we stuffed his care packages with some socks and when he got home that was all he talked about he let us know that he had a bacterial infection that was starting on his foot and he couldn't get to clear up because he kept putting on the same dirty old wet socks. And after two weeks of a consistent supply of dry, good quality socks, it cleared it up. And that's when he realized how truly important it was to have good socks. And so he ranted and raved about them. <laughs> and Tom's had launched around that time with the one-for-one -one give back model. And that's pretty much where the idea sparked. If we had sold a pair, we could donate a pair to troops and veterans. Yeah, so we and, could help provide that need. And then, so... When this happened, when this, you know, this opportunity kind of presented itself, how, how did you go about going from an idea into, you know, an, an actionable product or uh, how, did, how did that process work for you? It was something we sat on for a while. So it didn't actually start the research and development phase until about 2015. And so it was really just, yeah, this could be something cool, but is it really a business? But I remember everyone I would talk to about it and we'd bring it up to them. They're like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. I would buy socks. I like supporting the troops. I didn't realize that was an important need. And so it was kind of just this tickle that kept growing. And then we were like, all right, we just need to either do this or stop talking about it. And so we moved to North Carolina, which is the hosiery industry of the country. Lots of factories and mills at our disposal. And so we basically started the research and development, trying to find those factories and get that ball rolling. Yeah, that's... Uh... I mean, it's, it's always interesting. It's good when you have a good idea and you tell your friends and your friends say, yeah, that's a great idea. You should do it. It's, it's mm -hmm. easy to be the friend on the other side saying, yeah, you should do it. Right. But it's probably, it's obviously more difficult to be the person on the other side that has to figure out what that means. Uh, do what, uh, how do you, how do you, how do you get the ball rolling? How do you, you know, to use a military term, how do you initiate movement on, on something like that? Um, what was it, what are some of your lessons learned there in that first, you know, that initial startup phase that, uh, that, that you learned there? Lessons learned. I would say, um, I think one of the main things is that you assume everyone in your circle is just going to be fully supportive and 100% on board. And we found that we did, we had a, a good handful of people, fortunately who are, but it's kind of sobering and, um, eye-opening to see, who really isn't there when you start an entrepreneurial venture and who doesn't necessarily believe if you can make it successful. And so it's more strangers who put their faith in you and in your product and want to try it and support it than people you've known your entire life. Yeah. So that's very surprising. Um, I don't know the reasoning behind that. I don't think there's any malintent there. I think it's just, I don't know. I think it's just easier to support a bigger brand that you know. It's the way your minds are wired versus the small business that your friend is starting. Yeah. But um, so just be mentally prepared for that, that you might think everyone's going to be on board of support, but they definitely are not on board. Yeah. That's, a, that's <laughs> interesting that you kind of bring it up like that, because obviously going from uh, what I used to do in the military to doing a podcast and doing cool. media, media work was a huge change, right? A big, yeah. uh, and I did get support. I got a lot of support from people I didn't expect to get support or people I didn't know very well, right? Which kind of mm -hmm. surprised me. And I had the same, you know, some of the people that were closer to me were a little bit more uh, cautious. And I was yeah. confused about it at first, but I think 
hindsight, they, they just didn't want to see me fail or, you know, to be unsuccessful. They wanted the best for me and they were just unsure about what I was doing. Have you seen some of those people that maybe weren't as big a support up front? Have that, has some of that turned in, uh, have they came back to you a little bit more? You know, I think the more notoriety you get in mainstream, the more people are willing to back you up. And I wish it was not that case. Like we had a segment on the Today Show. And after that, it was out of the woodwork. Everyone was like, oh my gosh, congratulations. And I love that. That's amazing. But I think if you're a friend and somebody's starting something up, they need that support at the beginning the most because everyone's on board to support afterwards, right? Everyone hears about it. They're like, oh, this is great and all that. But in the beginning, when you're having those moments of doubt and like struggling through it and all that, that's when you really need that support system to encourage you and to say that you can do this and help push you through. Not even from a monetary perspective, I'm not even saying like you need to purchase our products, but just to reach out and to see how things are going and just be moral support that goes a long way, especially in the beginning days. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. Um, what support meant the most to you? And was it, was it that moral support or those tiny, those conversations that you had, uh, for me personally, you know, sometimes this gets to be a little overwhelming and you're, I'm doing all this recording and stuff, but I'll get a text message from somebody I haven't heard from in a while. It's, you're doing great work. Keep going. And that just drives me mm-hmm. on to keep going. Is it those, is it those little things that kind of, you know, just helped you keep going in those hard times? It is. It really is. It doesn't take a lot just because I know we're all busy. We all have crazy lives, especially as we get older, we have kids, their lives take over our lives. So I understand. I'm very realistic. I understand where um, people might be coming from, but just that quick check-in, how's it going? Um, Anything I could do support sharing, even just sharing on social media and stuff like that, especially for small businesses, because the algorithm that's how it works, right? The more people share, the more people comment. So just even something like that really can just help get that person's business, that brand in front of more eyes. And that is a huge help as well. Yeah, absolutely. So before doing all this, what what was your ex- experience in, we'll say the, the business world or the business realm? What experience did you have? It was nothing. I went to school as a religious studies major. <laughs> Don't ask me what I expected to do with that. I I have no interest in teaching. That is not my calling. So I don't, I don't know what I was thinking. I guess it was interesting to learn about other faiths. I don't know. (laughs) So yeah, no business background at all. I think if anything, um, you know, my major that I went to helped me realize different perspectives and belief systems and where people might be coming from. And I'm sure that will help with leadership skills in the future, but Um, yeah, it did not give me any business background, (laughs) So everything from that was just figuring it out as I go. I'm fortunate to have a large, um, group of friends who are in the entrepreneurial world who have started their own businesses. So I really can lean on them for advice and guidance. So that was helpful, um, for sure. And then good old fashioned Google when you and YouTube, I mean, they really are a wealthy source of knowledge. If you're looking for something, yeah. there's something out there. Yeah. That's uh, so like, I mean, you're doing, this is great. You're just like segueing right into the next question. So what was it that if you look back now, what it was, it was it mentorship or was it going to people that you knew were in the business world? How did you build your business acumen on the fly like that? I would say, yeah, definitely mentorship. Definitely. Um, going through people who have been through it, taking their advice, uh, it's really amazing. The entrepreneurial world is such a great community. I feel like everyone in that community wants to see the next person succeed. It's not so much a competition unless you're in 
the same field, I guess, and then there's more, but I feel, and even then, like, especially people who start small businesses, they just thrive on seeing other people grow. And if they have a part in helping with some part of advice or mentorship, like you said, it just, I think that helps fill their bucket too, (laughs) of like, you know, just making them feel good and um, supporting. It's just such a great supportive community and social media really helped with our particular business. It was really just word of mouth is what helped get the word out there. We had a few credible people that we were able to reach out to who tried the product, who vouched for the product. And that really helped get her in with the military community. Like you said, we didn't have a military background. And so to have the community trust an outsider, so to say, who, because a lot of companies that give back to the veteran community are veteran owned. So to trust someone who's coming in and saying they're doing it and then actually doing the give back, um, it was some, something we had to prove ourselves. And so that was helpful to have. Yeah. Some people so, there. so what would you say has been the, you know, the something that you look back on is what made you, was it that, that doing the delivering on what you say that, mm-hmm. that, that helped people migrate towards you? Cause there's a, like, you know, there's 40,000, you know, if you look at the nonprofit, 40,000 nonprofits in the, in the veteran military space and mm-hmm. a lot of them aren't doing what they say they do. They're just there for the, for the tax benefits. But uh, mm-hmm. did you notice what, what was it that helped kind of be the catalyst to move you into the next level? I think it was, it's do like being true to our word and doing what we say. So unlike a, a lot of businesses that do a give back component, whether I wouldn't say veteran, but especially in the civilian sector, um, they do a give back. It's more almost like a marketing or a tax write-off or something, you know, it's definitely, there's an ulterior motive almost tied with that give back component versus ours. It was, our friend was deployed. The socks helped his feet and we are patriotic. We love our troops. We support our troops. And we were like, how can we help them? And then it was the business idea came after that. And so number one, first and foremost, is we are providing socks for deployed troops, for veterans. That's our number one goal. Yes. We have a business out of it. Yes, it is you know, successful business, but the give back is what started this whole thing. And then we, as we learned more about the military community and some of the hardships that they face, whether active or when they're separating from the military or veteran, we wanted to see how we could do more because we were learning about all these nonprofits that help service the military community. And we wanted to help raise awareness, amplify them in the civilian sector and give back to them as well. And so we're pretty particular with who we work with. We look at Charity Navigator. We look at GuideStar. Um, basically, just to, as a GuideStar, I might have messed it up. But the, the nonprofit ratings, basically, they have to have an A-plus rating or a five-star rating for us to work with them. Because I feel like we've developed a reputation that we do what we say. And so if we are taking people's hard-earned dollar and they are trusting us with that, whether it's to develop a product to them, to our troops, to our veterans or to take a percentage of those hard-earned dollars and give it to those nonprofits, we want to make sure that those nonprofits are also giving back to the causes that they say they are. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then a unique part of you, what you guys do is you're a hundred percent made in North Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure that that's adds some unique challenges because you can't walk into a, a box store anywhere and look at a tag very often that says made in America. Right. So what challenges, was that something that you wanted to do from the, uh, uh, you know, the outset was like, we want to be, you know, American owned, American made. Uh, um, and and just kind of what's, what are the challenges presented with that in this global environment uh, that we have here? 
Yeah. So 100% from the beginning, we knew all of our socks are going to be made here in the U.S. Um, no matter what, because it, from our perspective, it was going to be weird to put socks on the feet of our troops that were made somewhere else when we have perfectly good factories and mills here that could do the same thing. And so that was number one. We were absolutely doing that. Challenge-wise, it is a higher cost of goods when you make here versus overseas. You can get it on the pennies on the dollar for what you pay here. Um, a lot of times that reflects in the quality. When you're getting it so cheap, you're not getting as good quality. Um, but it was, I think for us, it's more to morally sustainable. Like we know that when we walk into our factories, we know the employees that work there on a first name basis. We know that they're making a living wage. We know that they are being treated well. And unfortunately you don't always have that when your products are being sourced overseas. And so that was number one for us too. I wanted to make sure everything from beginning to end process, people can feel good about purchasing and knowing that they were supporting a good cause. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's pretty amazing. So what, when you walk into these factories and you see your your product being made, what 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 do you feel? It's awesome. It's really cool. And the, I see them, you know, packaging and all this stuff. Like we have a girl on the line who's <laughs> getting the sock boarded and then the person's packaging and they have like this whole assembly line going through with all of our stuff and talking with the factory owner about upcoming um, yarns, new technologies, all that. It's just it's a really fun process. I love that process of it. I love learning more about the hosiery industry as it is. I had, you know, basic knowledge of fiber content, features, benefits, all the stuff that were important to make the sock. But I like learning the new technologies coming out and how we can make them even cooler. But it is, it's just, it's a really great feeling to walk in and have them know us and we know them. And it's just, I don't know. Do, I don't do, think I'll, do you I find can't. yourself you have to pinch yourself sometimes and and from where you from from where you started <laughs> to where you are now? Yeah, I do because like we said before, I didn't have a business background, so it was all just learning on the go and on the fly. But I do i I try to look at it from a humble perspective. No matter how big we get, I just want it to always be true to the root causes that we're going to be made here. We're going to know people on a first name basis. We're going to visit the factory and bring them pizza and thank them for the hard work. Like we're just going to always do that stuff because I think that's what is making us successful to start. And I hate the concept of you get so big that you forget those simple things like putting a handwritten note in an order or something like that. And so for me personally, those features of our business will never go away. We will always be hands-on. We will always have those personal touches just because I think it's so needed, especially in today's society, to have that human-to-human -human interac interaction and connection. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, that, that's 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 amazing. You can't walk into your factory in, in China or Taiwan or Vietnam and uh, know that they're being treated properly or, or deliver no. a pizza. a factory that you don't even know about. Yeah, so... <laughs> I think I think that that's awesome that uh, it's not you're not totally 100% bottom line focused, right? It's uh, it's mm -hmm. about the collective, take you know the American made, American taking care of American soldiers. Um, uh, it's just uh, something I wish we saw more of out there, and you know people. Not work. an investor's dream, but yeah, yeah <laughs> that, exactly. Which I'm sure <laughs> comes along comes with its what's its challenges, and and in that mm -hmm. so you're. You went into a into a space in the military, you know, primarily kind of the military space, or that's what got it started. At, uh, at, which is difficult when you don't have the background; you might not speak the language. And on top of that, you're a fe female entrepreneur. Have you seen? Was that? 
did it make it more difficult? Uh, is some of that stigma and stuff still out there? Or, or what did you see from just from the female side of the house? With the military community, nothing. I feel like, um, I think it helped almost I was female owned rather than male because I, <laughs> I feel like if it was male owned and didn't have a military background, that would be met with a harder wall, I, I feel like. I but coming at it with just being myself and being genuine, I think it, it's a softer approach. And I think it helped for sure um, with the community. And so that's, they've been great. They've been really awesome. Everyone we've spoken with, I love the military community. They wear their hearts on their sleeves. When you get to know them, they are direct and honest, which I come from Jersey. So I love that aspect of it. Yeah. Um, so I'm all about that. Within the hosiery industry, it is a very male dominated industry. And so that was challenging for sure to come without, you know, a big hosiery name company behind me or a big background myself in it. It was definitely challenging to get the ball rolling and off the ground. But now I would say it's totally 180. We have, you know, factories reaching out to us. Our factories are amazing. We have a really great working relationship with them. So it was a challenge in the beginning for sure. But now I think things are, things are great. I'm sure there's been some highs and some lows. What's your highest high? Let's go reverse. What's been your lowest low and your highest, highest high in this journey? Highest high, low, so, so highest highs for sure today show. That was just such an amazing experience. Um, it was so much fun and it was during COVID. So the producers would normally come out, but we had to kind of get our own footage. And so we gathered some of that up. And I remember reaching out to the producer and asking if we have a quote just to kind of promote that this was coming up. They're like, nope, mums or like nothing, not one <laughs> quote, not one snippet. You don't see it until the day it's aired. And so we had some close friends and family who have been great supporters of us this whole time and checking in and all this stuff over for a little watch party. And um, unfortunately, we lost the entire East Coast that day. Oh, <laughs> because wow. Yeah, it was, um, it was on January 6th. So Biden was doing his speech about the insurrection. And so the entire East Coast did not get to see the airing of that. But we for some reason, even though we are East Coast, our timeline that we'd show today's show is at 10 o'clock versus nine o'clock for the third hour. It's odd. I know, but it worked out. We were able to watch it live. And um, it was just such an emotional experience. It was a beautiful segment. It was like almost five minutes. I had no idea it was going to be that long. They did the deep dive into our social media. They found all of this stuff. They highlighted we name our socks after um, veterans and active duty military members. And a couple, one of the socks is a Snyder after my husband's grandpa and great grandpa who fought in Korean and World War II. And they did their photos. They took them to social media and highlighted them. It was just not a dry eye in the room. It was just the most beautiful, amazing segment. We could not have been happier with how they highlighted our brand on there. And then lowest lows. I took a note. So let me see. <laughs> I had to write this down. Let me see. Where do we put this here? Okay. So with the business world, I would say this is the lowest low. This is just part of the lows of being an entrepreneur. You have your sales forecasts that you don't always make. And then your accounts, if you don't open up the accounts for whatever reason, it's um, easy to get down on yourself, but you just got to realize there's so many reasons for that. For example, one account 
was doing great that we had, but their department that we were in got cut by 12%. So since we were the smallest part of the business, because it was a trial run, we got cut, even though it was great. And so it's to not take those quote unquote failures personally, because sometimes they're not even in your control. You have no control over them. And so I would say those are some of the lows, but give yourself a quick pep talk and yeah. Yeah. get out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, um, awesome stuff. So moving on a little bit to the, to the other side of, you know, the mom, the, the mom part of you, it's, it's, mm-hmm. So this was kind of an idea that started at the kitchen table, right? And uh, so how do you try to find, you know, you're not going nine to five at the office, um, which in, in that world, it's hard enough to find, try to find balance, you know, between being a wife uh, and a mother. Um, in the entrepreneurial space, it can be, it's can't be, it is more difficult because work can follow you 24 seven, right? You're always, you can always pull up, uh, pull up a document or, or do some research or, it's easy mm-hmm. to easy to fall into uh, uh, just a cycle of constant work. Um, how do you try to maintain balance in your in your life outside of the soldier socks? You are one hundred percent spot on. It is so hard to find that work life balance um, for people who are not in the entrepreneurial world. I just hope that you shut off. Like, there's no reason to keep going after that five o'clock. You've done your time. Shut it down. Be present, but when you are in the entrepreneurial world, I think that it's, it's a personal reflection of you, right? So it's my name, my brand out there. So if I'm not responding to that email right away, is that going to look negatively, reflect negatively on me? And so I do take that personally, but I just need to set those boundaries and have my off time. So I, I'm still working on this, but when my son is home, I want my phone away. I want to be fully present when he is there dinner time, family is at the table. We are all sitting there discussing all electronics are out of the window, like done. We are there present with each other. And then after he's in bed at eight o'clock, that's when I'll bring out the computer and finish catching up on some emails or whatever work for the day that I haven't had a chance to do. And so no, it's not typical nine to five, like you would find in the corporate world. It's more, you make your own hours and stuff, but it's just, it is hard. It's hard to when you feel that pressure that you feel like you have to, you have a deadline if you're waiting for an order to come in or something and just to get that out there. But the, our kids are only little for so long and we only have this time with them for so long and it goes so fast. And I don't want to be that person to look back and regret missing these super important days because I had to get that email out or something, something that really, I mean, when you break it down, it sucks, right? It is not. We are not curing cancer here. We are selling socks. And so there is nothing more important than for me, than my child and my family feeling loved and secured and paid attention to. And then everything else will get done. You know, I'm motivated and determined that it will get done and within a timely manner, but just need to have that balance and make sure you turn that switch off. Yeah, I think you said it perfect there. Um, people might miss it, but you said it's still a work. It's always a work in progress, right? And as long as you keep working on it and keep trying to get better, there are going to be good days and bad days. And there are going to be days when you just, there's there's no option. You There could be a, a crisis yeah. of some sort that needs your attention for the next, you know, instead of eight hours, it's the next 18 hours. But it's yeah. just, it sounds like you're very conscious of it and you, and you just, you know, it's not, there is no such thing as balance, really, in my opinion. It's the pursuit of ba- the, the pursuit of balance, yeah. you know. So yeah. as long as you keep pursuing it, and uh, um, 
I, I'm sure that uh, uh, um, it's just it's it's a balance is hard to achieve, and you just got to keep keep working at it. And like you said, I was just wondering, do you have any? You do like I said, you set out at the dinner table. Do you have a a, a battle? Uh, we'd call it a battle rhythm in the military, or uh, you know that you do every day to kind of wind down or start the morning, or or do, or do you what what does your day kind of look like? For us, so we get up very early. My son starts his late bell is seven twenty-five, so he is, he's out the door way too early for our first grader, in my opinion. But I like it because it forces the day to start early, and so get him out, grab some coffee, catch up on my emails. I usually have back-to-back calls during the day, so getting those knocked out, and then after all that, all the work stuff, he comes home. I try to be as present as I can while he's here. We do family dinner every night. We do have some sports, but um, other than that one practice night, we are always at the table eating together. It's just my husband and I. So I think that's so important. And I that's something that I am hell-bent to continue through high school. <laughs> Despite all of his activities, homework, sports, I think we way overschedule our kids. That's yeah. another story for another time. But I am hell-bent on having that dinner conversation and just that touch base every single day because I think that's so important. Yeah. So yeah. you have that one consistent thing that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's there unless, you know, something, something happens, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I agree. That's uh, super important to have, even if it's just like, if it's just one thing, it's, it's something that's consistent. So important for kids to have consistency in my, in my opinion. And, mm-hmm. and it's good for our, our own selves to, to be consistent and do stuff and know that we have uh other priorities than selling socks or, or doing podcasts. So, um, yeah. you mentioned your religious studies background. Uh, yeah. so what, <laughs> what role does faith play in your business life and, and your personal life? Uh, it plays a huge role. So I personally think that everything happens for a reason and that we don't do anything by our own hand. So everyone says, you know, your success is everything, but nothing has ever been done just because of me. I definitely feel like I've been guided to where I'm at, have overcome many challenges in my early childhood and young adulthood to get me to where I am today. And faith 100% has played a role in every aspect of that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you could uh, look back, you know, when you first started this thing or, or, and give advice to yourself or give advice to another entrepreneur who's either just started it or is scared to start it, uh, what, what advice would you give them? We always try, right? Always start that something. You never want to look back and think what if, and when you're in the thick of it, I would say, don't give up. Um, it's very easy to doubt yourself, especially it's going to be so hard. I mean, the amount of hours and failures that you have in the beginning, it's just, it's a lot, but you will always come through on the other end of that. So if you just keep going through it and then have those come to Jesus talks, have those hard talks with yourself and realize, you know, is this something that is going to be viable or is this something that I do need to take a second look at, but make sure you've given every aspect of yourself into that before you get to that point. And then take those lessons learned and apply them towards your next entrepreneurial endeavor, because once you get the itch, you're definitely always moving on to something else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, awesome. Awesome conversation. I think you're doing great things. It's, um, it's, it's rare. I don't see a lot of people that have no really military background that, uh, kind of got started helping out the, the service member the, the way you have. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's awesome. Where can people go to find out more about 
uh, soldier socks and you know and uh and, and purchase them or, or just you know if they just want to know more about you and the company where they go yeah so they can go to our website and that is soldiersocks.com it's spelled s-o-l-e like the sole of your foot d-i-e-r-s-o-c-k-s so it's a play on words um and you can find us on there we have all of our socks for sale you can learn about our story reach out to us if you have any questions feel free to do that and then all social all social media you can find us at soldier socks and that's spelled the same way awesome um thanks for uh thanks for coming on the show thanks for thanks for doing what you do uh um thanks for just being a great example for entrepreneurs that you know might be scared to do it that are because they don't have the background they don't think they can do it uh um you obviously you can, if you put your mind to something you can you can definitely do it and rely on mm -hmm. people, rely on faith. And I think you can get, people can, are capable of a lot more than they give themselves credit for. So I uh, appreciate it uh, for all that they're watching. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, do all that stuff and go get some socks. Everybody needs socks. It's, it's that <laughs> Socks make great stocking stuffers and we're about to be in, in that time of year. So Elle, mm -hmm. thanks for your time. It was a pleasure talking to you and uh, mm -hmm. to everybody else we talked to, uh, we'll see you on the next episode.